Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and we're going to talk about resisting the devil today. How many of you have heard the verse out of James 4-7, resist the devil and he will flee? Well, that is not what the verse says. Well, maybe part of the verse, maybe the second half of the verse, but that is not the complete scripture. And by cherry-picking, or by only using parts of Scripture, we are not preaching the full thing. And that creates a problematic theology. Again, resist the devil and he will flee is not what James 4.7 says. It's the second half of what James 4.7 says. I don't want you to have problematic theology. I don't want you to become a demon hunter or a demon fighter. I want you to become what the Bible wants you to become, and I'm going to tell you what that is right after this. Guys, thanks for listening. Please quickly like this video. Hit a thumbs up if you enjoy our content. Thumbs up this video. It's going to help boost it on the algorithm, which will just allow more people to hear our content and watch this video so that they can know truly how to resist the devil because it's not in your own efforts. Uh, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors of this podcast, Promise Keepers, an excellent organization. I was just uh, interviewed yesterday on a TV show um, for Real America's Voice, and I was thanking Promise Keepers uh, because we talked about toxic masculinity, and we exist at Promise Keepers to build up godly men for a better tomorrow. I'm thankful to be a part of that organization, and we've got some amazing events coming up at the end of this year and throughout 2024. If you want to stay connected, get plugged in, Uh, Get involved with an online community of men who are just trying to grow in the things of God. Listen to Bible teachings and devotional plans, some of which I've recorded and written. You've got to download the PK app in the App Store. Also, Aligned Mortgage. We just bought a house. So grateful we were able to do that. A regular bank might not have signed off on our mortgage because they only look at numbers. And as someone who's self-employed, banks don't like newly self-employed people. But this organization, they are uh, a private lending company, which means that they look at the person, they look at the story, not just the numbers. And listen, if you're a veteran and you're looking for a home loan, these guys exist to help you own a piece of land that you defended when you signed up to fight for our country. And they wanna equip you to use that VA loan, which only 15% of veterans do. So if you need help buying a home, if you need someone to hear your story, go to alignedmortgage.com, ask for Ronnie, and tell him that Shane sent you. I promise you, it's going to be the best home buying experience you've ever had. Guys, here we go. We're talking about the true, full gospel. Here's what James 4.7 actually says, and it blows my mind because I made a video promoting this podcast And I said, resist the devil is not what the Bible says. It's not complete. And people were saying that I was using clickbait. No, there's more to that verse. I said, why don't you back up and read the first couple of words? Because James 4, 7 begins, Therefore, submit yourselves to God, period. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submission to God is first. It is our priority as Christians. Many times, though, people, they, they have this fascination with demons and with the devil. And, it, you know, this like 
this love of things that are dark. They would, they, you know, they love God. They, they would tell you, hey, I'm a Christian. But there is this fascination with like the devil and learning about demons and, and fighting demons. And listen, I have openly talked about, you know, chopping the devil's fingers off. He can't touch my family because his goal of touching our families to get our minds to spin. We chop his hands off when we believe in truth. But if you've ever heard me preach, I don't talk about going and searching out demons and fighting demons and, and resisting the devil. When we preach only partial scriptures, we are not preaching a full gospel. We're preaching a partial gospel. And if all we ever preached was resist the devil and he'll flee, then we're teaching a generation that the way to win over the devil is to just resist him. Guys, we have people who are stuck in addictions, who are just absolutely railroaded by depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, by trials, tribulations, by fires, by insecurities, by just identity crisis, and we're going to teach them to just resist the devil? That's not enough. And I know it's not enough because that's not all the Bible says. It tells us to submit to God. And if you've ever heard me preach, I am all about intimacy with God. Why? Because in the presence of God is where you are safe. It is where you are kept. It is where you are known. It is where you are strengthened and built up and made into uh, someone that looks like Jesus. It is in God's presence that you are formed and you're molded. Guys, this is where we need to be. Remember that Jesus didn't pay the price just to give us power over the devil. That's part of it. But what he really paid for, he didn't say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can overcome the devil except through me. That was not the priority of Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. That wasn't the priority of the gospel. That wasn't why he came to earth. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And I am so done with preachers that uh, continue to push theologies apart from sonship and, and being a son and being a daughter and being a child of God. You see, it is in the place of rest at the feet of Jesus, in the presence of God, where we're fully submitted and yielded to him. As Paul says, it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It is in this place where I'm dead and he's alive in me that I fulfill the scriptures by submitting to God, guess what? I'm automatically resisting the devil. When I submit to God, I am automatically resisting the devil. It isn't a two-part thing. When I get on my knees before God and I say, God, I want your way and your way alone, or God, I'm facing this thing. Help me, strengthen me, fight for me. When I do that, I am yielding, I'm surrendering my battle plans, and I'm saying, Lord, would you do it? I'm trusting in you to fight for me in this situation. I'm trusting in you. My fight is not with the devil. My fight is the good fight of faith. Well, who's my faith in? Is it in myself to resist the devil? No, it's not. I would lose that. My faith is in God who the Bible says will never let me go, will never forsake me, will never leave me, will never change his mind about me, 
who the devil cannot snatch from his hand. That's pretty amazing. So what should I do? Run out there and try to be the hero and fight the devil on my own and do it in the name of Jesus? Or should I just constantly be in submission to God? Because when I am in submission to God, the devil has no part of me. He has no place in my life. Think about this. Let me give an example in terms of addiction, because I know how this works. You wake up in the morning and you are just, you're so done with whatever it is that's ruling your life. Maybe it's a substance or maybe it's a a lust thing or maybe it's anger. Who knows? You fill in the blank. They all are similar. And so you wake up and you say, you know what? I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to do that sin today. I'm going to live for God. I am not going to do that sin today. Well, what's the first thing on your mind? Sin. The first thing on your mind is the thing you don't want to do. So it's already in your mind. And we've talked about this before, but a sin-conscious mind produces more sin. And so what happens often, and you can examine yourself. I'm not there to point the finger. I'm not judging anyone. Examine yourself. Tell me, tell, tell me if I'm telling the truth here. You say, I'm not going to do that today. Maybe, maybe you make it through the day. Maybe you make it a couple of days. But a lot of times, people will make it maybe to lunch or to the afternoon or late at night. That's It's game over. But you give in. Why? Because you... And your own strength cannot overcome. You have to submit to God. Now what happens? That same person, you wake up and instead of being sin conscious, you are righteousness conscious. You wake up and you say, Father, thanks for loving me today. Thanks for making me in your image. Lord, thank you that you are making me more like you every day. You're strengthening me. You're shaping and molding me. I'm the clay. You're the master potter. You know exactly what you're doing. God, thank you for refining me, smoothing out my rough edges. You're making me into something beautiful. God, where would I be without you? Thank you so much for how you've transformed my life. You're renewing my mind. You're tenderizing my heart. And Father, today I exist to serve you. I want to love you, God. I want to follow your commands. God, my eyes are on you today. Now, the Bible tells us in Colossians 3 to set our mind on the things above. Fix our eyes on the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. It tells us not to think of the things below. Specifically, eyes above, not below. Eyes on Jesus, not on sin. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3 says. So check this out. You're going through your day. You're righteousness conscious. You're, you're conscious of how loved you are by God and how amazing he is and you've been transformed and you bump into temptation. Now, we talked about this before. I preached this at the youth camp. In Genesis, the, the enemy's goal was to get Eve to look at the fruit. Initially, when she was tempted, she responded with truth. Well, God told us not to eat this. No, no, no. God said if we eat it, we're going to die. The enemy kept coming at her to get her to stop thinking about God, stop looking at God. What happened when Eve stopped submitting to God and began to try to resist the devil on her own? The Bible then says that she looked at the fruit, which she moments ago said would kill her. She looked at it, and it says she saw that it was pleasing to the eye. 
The enemy will try to wear you down so that you will look at the very thing that will kill you. You will look at sin and you will find it pleasing. And then you will justify it just like she did. Well, Maybe the devil's right. Maybe this will just open my eyes and make me more like God. Maybe it won't actually kill me. And what happens? She commits the sin. She gives some to her husband. He partakes as well. And now we have sin nature running rampant through all of the world. And that's why Jesus had to come. Guys, if you try to resist the devil on your own, you will fail. But what happened when Jesus faced the same type of temptation from the enemy? Every single time he responded with the word of God. Do you not know it is written? And he would recite a verse. Do you not know it is written? The Lord your God, don't tempt him. Do you not know that a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God? Do you not know it is written? He only responded with the word. You see, he refused to get into a debate and try to resist the devil on his own. He was fully submitted to God and only said what God was saying. And guess what? After that third time of submitting to God, the devil fled because God's word is true. Now, back to this example. You're going through life. You're righteousness conscious. You bump into sin. You bump into temptation and you go, oh my gosh, ew, because your eyes are on Jesus and now you're bumping into the, the world instead of your eyes being on the world and you're trying to bite your lip and not do it. How often has that worked for you? It doesn't. You can't simply resist the devil. He won't flee. He'll keep nagging you. The enemy flees at the presence of Jesus. And when you are fully submitted to God, the enemy has to try to go through God to get to you. Because the Bible teaches that we are hidden in the shadow of his wing. But that's by choice. You can live a life un apart from the the shadow of the wing of Almighty God. You can try to walk this road on your own. It's not going to work out. So you're going through life. You bump into temptation. You go, oh my gosh, God, thank you. This is not for me. I want nothing to do with this. I'm so aware of how glorious you are and how uh, pure you've made me. You've changed my heart, God. You've made me new. Thank you. You begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. You do not look at the things that the enemy has presented to you. You do not try to just resist the devil. You immediately go into submission before God, and he has to flee. This is biblical. Tell me if I'm telling the truth. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments. How many times has have you been going through life and you've been trying your best and the enemy comes with temptation and if you look at it long enough, you fall. You fall. Let me put it another way. You're up late at night. You're scrolling on your phone and you're thinking, you hear the voice of the Lord. You feel the conviction. Hey, you know, God's trying to father you. Hey, you should put your phone down. You should just do something. You should just go to bed. There's nothing good for you on here. You've thought that. But then you think, no, I'm strong enough. Listen, I want nothing to do with that. I really, I'm changed. I don't want anything to do with that. And you mean it. But what happens? You begin to scroll. You begin to scroll. And it's as if the enemy slowly is wearing your guard down. Tell me if I'm wrong. He's wearing your guard down. He's wearing your guard down. All of the sudden, before you know it, you're knee deep in something that you never should have been a part of. And 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes ago, maybe less, 
you would have swore that that wasn't going to happen because you felt very strong. What happens? The enemy tries to get you to just look. And before long, a look turns into, well, that's actually pretty pleasing to my eye. And then it becomes a justified thing. And then you fall. And then you go back and go, if I had just listened, God was telling me, I should have put my phone down. I'm so dumb. I should. You've said that. Ugh. I know I knew it. I should I could have easily avoided this if I had just submitted to God instead of trying to resist the devil on my own. Tell me if I'm wrong or tell me if I'm telling the truth. Guys, this is easy stuff. This is the Bible. You want to know how to win and overcome temptation? You always submit to God. You just always submit. Whenever God speaks, you submit. You don't have to fall. You don't have to resist the devil on your own because you won't be able to. Check this out. And I want to say this again. The full verse puts emphasis on submission, not resistance. It leads in an order of precedence of what you need to do. Submit to God. Because when you submit, you're actively resisting. You can't give in to the devil and God at the same time. So why try to fight the devil apart from giving in to God. Let's take the verse for what it says. Let's give in to God, and we have nothing to give the devil because God has everything. Amen? This is easy stuff. Let me finish with this. 1 Corinthians 10.13. It tells us that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that there is always a way out of temptation. And temptation could be many things. Sure, many people, when they hear that verse, they think of whatever they struggle with. For the majority of people, that would be some type of perversion or sexual temptation. But guess what? There's temptation to fear. There's temptation to doubt. There's temptation to feel anxious or out of control. There's so many things. Unbelief. And the Bible tells us this, there is always a way out of temptation. You want to know what it is? Leaning on Jesus Christ. Submitting to God. Because when you submit to God, you remove yourself from a position of being tempted. Because you can't be in two places at once. Think about it. The phone example. If you remove the phone, you no longer are being tempted because you've removed it. You're not trying to sit there and resist and resist and resist and I bind and I rebuke in the name of Jesus, I command. Hey, there might be a time and a place for that stuff, but the Bible makes it clear that the first thing we need to always do is submit. When you submit to God, he provides a way out because he's a perfect father. So, don't get caught up fighting devils. Just submit to God. I taught this at camp. I don't rebuke a lot of demons. I don't walk around rebuking and binding and casting and loosing until I'm blue in the face. I stand on truth. There is a time and a place to do those things. I firmly believe that. I've casted demons out of people. I've broken things. I totally believe in all of that. But the first priority is submission to God and standing on truth. You can bind and rebuke until you're blue in the face, but if you're not submitted to God, 
demons are going to run your life. Amen? I don't want that. I want God to run my life. And so I stay in a place of submission to him. That's what James 4 tells us to do. Amen? Listen, if this episode spoke to you, if it helped you in any way, if it opened your eyes to the truth of like, man, you know what? Maybe I've been in like a demon hunting mode or I've been on the flip side. Maybe I'm, I'm just getting wrecked by temptation or, or by bad habits or by addiction. And it's because I've tried to resist on my own. I've tried to bite my lip and just not do it. Well, maybe it's time to stop doing all of that and just submit to God. Stay in his presence, go wherever he goes, just read his book and say whatever it says, and you're going to be fine. Please share this because many people struggle with this. And I know if you send this to a couple friends and family, they will thank you because many people deal with this issue. And a lot of people don't know even how to talk about it. And uh, I believe this is going to set many people free because it's God's word. It's not my good idea. It is James 4, 7. I didn't write that. I'm just telling you what it says. Guys, thank you for listening. Make sure if you haven't, would you drop us a review, a rating on Apple? If you're on Spotify, how many stars does our podcast deserve? Will you just help us out there? That helps us reach more people. And finally, we're still looking for monthly partners. If you do want to partner with us, you love what we're doing in our ministry, we're looking for people who would say, hey, I'll give a dollar a day towards what you're doing. If you didn't know, I'm an unpaid missionary. That means I totally am supported by donors and generous givers uh, of people who just believe in what we're doing and allow me to do this kind of stuff full time, as well as travel and preach around the nation many, many weekends a month. So uh, I'm so thankful for all of you guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.